Woo! Sorry if that was too loud to start. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Winner Circle. I, of course, am your host, Anthony Wynn. Yes, I am elated. I am happy. Um, Judge is staying with the Yankees. We can get into all of the minutiae and everything about the contract and all that stuff, and I will, but he's staying. <sighs> now, every Yankee fan can just collectively take a breath of fresh air. I know everybody wants to jump in to what they need to do now and all that stuff, and I'm going to get into all that, but they did what they needed to do when it comes to judge, and that's really all that mattered to me for the most part this offseason. Um... So yeah, they re-signed Judge. Let's fucking go. Um, the Mets are making a bunch of moves too. I'll get into all of that. MLB free agency, man, is starting to really heat up. There's been money being thrown around all over the place. Um, then, of course, you get the Giants tying against the Commanders. I, it's weird. I don't know how to feel about ties, man. Ties are just... It's the first time the Giants tied since, like, 98. And guess what? That was also against Washington. Um, but, yeah, they tie. I don't know how to feel about it. I guess I shouldn't be mad because it's not a loss, but it's also not a win because you should have won. Whatever. We'll get into that. The Jets should have beat the Vikings. They lose against them. We'll get into that. Oh. <sighs> And we'll get into their matchups coming up this week. Jets got Buffalo, and the Giants are home against the Eagles. We'll see what happens. But first things first, we're getting, excuse me, I'm just super hyped. I'm glad that he's back. The Giants, as Max Kellerman said, uh, the Giants, the Yankees, as Max Kellerman said, paid a stupid tax, but I don't care. That was their fault. They needed to do whatever they needed to do, and let's get into it. Um... It was a crazy, crazy two days heading into the decision on Wednesday, ultimately. It was Wednesday morning, right after DPH and Rothenberg got off the air, which I would have loved to for them to have had that breaking news drop on their airwaves, but whatever, that's fine. Like, had to have been like five minutes after, ten minutes after. I remember uh, I was on a lawn working, and fucking got the notification, looked down, and like was literally jumping in joy on the lawn. I don't think the customers saw me, but hey, I was hyped. Aaron Judge signed with the Yankees, re-signs with the Yankees. Nine years, $360 million, which equates to $40 million a year. I don't think any of it's deferred in any type of way. I think he's making straight 40 cash a year. Look, man. We could talk about the contract all day long. And look, I'm going to get into the Mets signing Verlander and stuff. And initially, initially, I said the Mets were dumb. But after mulling around for two days and listening to other people talk about it, Babs, if you listen to my podcast, which I wish you would, because um, I love you, man. You're a Mets fan, diehard Mets fan. And I love our back and forths on Twitter when we do go back and forth. It's fun. And yes, initially I said the Mets were dumb. Thinking about it the last two days, and especially have hearing DeGrom talk at his press conference with the Rangers, which I'll get into a little bit of that too, I think, because he's just, that was annoying to listen to. But anyway, 
Um, they signed Verlander to a two-year, uh, I think it was like $86 million deal and with a third-year option. And uh, he's 40, man. And I just didn't understand going 43 a year, tying up like $87 million between the top of your rotation with Scherzer's money. So initially I didn't get it, especially when just I, – I get it. It was the years. And ultimately, the, DeGrom decided not to want to stay. Like, he didn't want to be in New York, clearly. It was it was clear. He got a five-year deal from the Rangers. Um, the Mets the Mets fucking gave him a, a, a three-year 120 offer, which – what is that? Do the quick math. I'm bad at math. I'm getting the calculator out. Give me one second. So – 130 divided by 3. Or was it 120? It might have been 120. It might have been 120, so let me do that. Or was it 130? I think it was 130. I'm going to do 130. That's 43 a year. Damn, so, you know, he would have been getting 43 a year. Pretty much exactly what um, Verlander's getting. So... Damn, and he didn't take that offer. He got the years instead at thirty-seven million a year. So you know what? I got. I was getting on Babs because then he brought up the whole judge situation in terms of, uh, um, like, he's he's thirty-one years old, and you're gonna sign him to a crazy deal for at least nine years, and he ended up being right. And I, the logic there isn't sound. You know what I mean? I get. I get. The reasons why, like, later on in the deal, um, it's not going to be a good contract. I know it's not. I think by year five, it's he's going to be strictly DH. It's just look at him. His body type is huge. You never see a dude that size playing baseball. Now, you don't, you never know, okay? But the, my argument is that they had to do this. There's no way they couldn't do this. You lose Judge, you pretty much lose the fan base, especially when the first fucking thing we see during the week is Cashman re-signing a four-year deal, which it, it bothers me a little bit that you did that. But I guess you had to sign the dude before the winter meeting started because I don't think you can just go in there if you're Brian Cashman, if you're technically unemployed, because his contract was up at the end of last year. So... I just don't think you have to announce it the way you did. Like, it was like a, I don't know. I don't know. You, you teased Yankee fans with the wrong tease. You know what I mean? That's just kind of my thing there. But either way, um, either way, they, they, I guess they had to do it. So at the end of the day, whatever, they, they, they got Judge. Um, but no, and I get the end of the deal is not going to be great. And. <laughs> Babs, you had me rethink this whole deal. Like, I like the Verlander deal now because you're not wrong. He just came off the AL Cy Young. I mean, yeah, AL Cy Young and, you know, had a great year. And he's available. And he will most likely make more starts than Jacob deGrom in two years than deGrom will make in the whole five years in the Rangers. So I feel you. You know what? I feel you. It's just crazy, bro. deGrom is just so good. deGrom is just so good when he's healthy. It's crazy. I don't know. I don't know. I'm just happy, man. You can't, I'm just happy. You just hate on Judge, Babs. You just hate on Judge. I'm happy, bro. Now, they're not done. The Yankees aren't done. They they better not be done. Oh, this is a point I wanted to make, too. 
and I want to give you the story leading up to the, to the how this whole deal went down because again I listened to the Michael K show up in New York they're on from three to seven everybody live on radio it's ninety eight point seven yes I'm gonna plug them because they're dope and Michael K is the announcer of the Yankees and you know they're good and if you want to know more about all this shit this is where I get all my information from so yeah um but anyway. Kay went on air the other day and told the story of how this went. So, every everything leading up, the, the, the two days leading up. So, first of all, you got John Heyman tweeting out on Tuesday uh, evening talking about Aaron Judge is reportedly signing with the Giants. Like, that's pretty much a done deal. Well, wherever he got the information, I'm not going to kill the guy. I mean, look, I... You got to kind of vet that information a little bit more. Like, you got to call the Giants. You got to do something there because, I mean, you can't, you shouldn't be tweeting shit out if you didn't, like, verify it with the teams. That's just my opinion. So, you not you not verifying it with the teams, that's on you. You shouldn't have tweeted out that Aaron Judge is signing with the Giants. Now, with that not being a done deal, and about 20 minutes later, he came out saying, Giants, you know, shot it down. That's my mistake for jumping the gun. He apologized right away. Good for you. I don't think he should lose his job for it, but he should definitely not be able to be at the winter meetings after that tweet. Like, I think he should be. Like, I think a suspension of some sort is in order for that dude, John Heyman. Because he is a trustworthy guy. Like, Kay was talking about it. Like, he, he, you th- it, he's one of the most trustworthy reporters in baseball like there's a reason i mean it's just so crazy you want to jump the gun like that i know everybody wants to be first especially in this world but it lasts for 12 seconds because the next person is going to have it right after you so like come on but anyway turned out not to be the case and so um what ended up happening judge it's so crazy too. Just Yankee fans on twitter and everybody every sports fan that goes a little bit over the top we need to be a little like realistic here but like people just go crazy and everybody was going insane whenever when they heard that and i'm not gonna lie when i seen that my heart dropped a little bit and it's crazy because you know they gave the eight years three three hundred deal i thought it was going to be eight years 320 that's what i said it needed to be it ended up ended up being nine years because the giants gave him nine years so this is all right i'm sorry i'm gonna go into the story so everybody was making a big deal about judge being at the tampa bay bucks game on that monday night so Kay came on the air and said he was told that Judge was planned to be at that Bucks game for two months already. Like he was supposed to be there. It wasn't a you know it wasn't like some publicity stunt. He didn't want it to get like a picture with Brady or something. That's not what it was. He was there, um, and then he was planning right after that game to fly to Hawaii with his wife to go there for their uh, wedding anniversary. Well, the winter meetings are in San Diego. So after that game, Judge decided to stop off in San Diego. He was there for four hours. This is all according to Kay. You can listen to the podcast. They have their podcast on Spotify. Like You can listen to it just to verify it. I'm, I'm not lying to you guys. <laughs> um, so he, uh, he lands in San Diego. They decide to make a pit stop there just to see what the Giants and Yankees are going to do. Um, when he gets to San Diego... That's when the Padres put their hand in the game, and they reportedly offered him like 10 years, close to $400 million a year. 10 years. And so Hal Steinbrenner got on the phone because he was in Italy with his family, he, and he's been in constant um, 
communication with, with Judge throughout this whole situation. Within the last month, they have met tw twice behind closed doors. And Hal said to him, like, my quest, and that's what I, I'm quoting from Kay, my quest is to make you a Yankee for life. You are going to be a Yankee. We are not going to let you leave to go to some other team. Like, he said this to Judge's face. So, he got on the phone with Judge when Judge was in San Diego. And, and Hal Steinbrenner asked him, I'm going to ask you one more time. Do you want to be a Yankee? Judge said, it's all I've ever wanted. And Judge gave him the Giants offer that they gave him, which was nine years, 360. And Hal asked Judge, if I go nine years, 360, will you be in pinstripes next season? And Judge said, yes. Like, isn't that crazy? Isn't that crazy? Now all they need to do is name him captain, and that's it. We got Judge, baby. I don't need the refund on the jersey. Let's go. He's still a fucking Yankee. I don't care what anybody has to, has to say about the con. I don't give a shit. He's a Yankee for life. He's the next captain. Let's go. You needed him. You needed him. Let's go. I'm so fucking hyped about it, man. You, dude, I don't know if you can hear it in my voice, but I am hyped. I am hyped. I'm so happy he's back. Now, they're not done. The, from everything I'm hearing, they're, they're, they're high on Rodone. They're trying to get him. Um, he's the pitcher in Chicago. Excuse me. My mouth is dry as shit. And he's pitched extremely well the last two seasons. And you got to think with Cole and him at the top of the rotation, that changes things. He's looking, he's looking for six years, like around $30 million. If you think about it, for a guy like that, that is like a bargain. And with all the money that's been thrown around this offseason so far, it's insane. You got Xander Bogarts going to the Padres on a 10-year, $280 million deal. I think it's 10 years. You had Trey Turner go to Philly, 11 years, $300 million. I mean, does anybody is anybody looking at the money that's being spent? Oh, by the way, I'll get into the Mets. The Mets, you got Verlander for two years with the third-year option at $86 million. You got, um, um, you'd re-sign Nimmo. I think that was a six-year, like, 182 deal. That's a good deal for them. Nimmo's a great player, and you kind of need him because what were you going to do in center field? So, love that re-sign. I guess you had to do that, right? You got David Robinson. I, I, that that dropped yesterday too. David Robertson, one year, ten million. I'll take that. I was hoping the Yankees were going to re-sign him because he was a longtime Yankee. Well, we thought he was going to be our closer for the longest time, and then he ended up not being great as, in the closer spot. But he couldn't stay healthy, so we sent him off. He ended up going to Philly and resurging, and now he's with the Mets. <laughs> So that's a good signing. The Mets are doing whatever it takes, man. The Mets are doing whatever it takes. I mean, Yankees still need to go for an outfielder. There, I mean, whether it's a trade for Brian Reynolds or you or you re-sign Benintendi, I think those are clear upgrades from Joey Gallo <laughs> and and Aaron Hicks. Everything I'm hearing as well, they're trying to get rid of Donaldson's money, which is going to be tough. Um, I mean, if you get, I guess if you split it up, you make the other team pay ten, and then you eat the fifteen. 
because he's making 25, and you're also probably going to have to add a prospect that you like in that deal too because no one's just going to take Donaldson's money with the year he had last year. Um, you keep you re-sign IKF to a I think it's seven and a half million, seven and a half on a one-year deal. Now, if you get rid of Donaldson, I don't mind throwing IKF at third, considering he won a Gold Glove in Texas at third. So you know, I mean, his offense there's nothing to be had there, but throw him at the bottom of the order and keep him at third, play good defense at third, because that's where he won the Gold Glove. People, I know all we want to do is just flop these guys around. But and move them all over the place, wh- whatever. But you got to get rid of Donaldson's money. You got to get rid of Aaron Hicks's money because that dude is just the shell of himself now. He can't stay healthy. He stinks. He needs to go. I think trading Glaber is the way to go just to keep DJ at second permanently. I know DJ has had a problem with staying healthy as well, but if you put him in a comfortable position where he's not all over the fucking field, I think you'll get the best out of him. Um, and you got, uh, Stanton at the DH, you really just, you need to take care of left field. And I think Peraza and, or, and, or, um, Volpe is going to be your shortstop next year. I don't know. Do you trust Cabrera in left field full time? I don't think I do. So I think you need to either re-sign Ben Attendee or go for Brian Reynolds in Pittsburgh. The problem with that is that you're going to have to get rid of a, a high prospect, probably one of the shortstops to Pittsburgh, if you want Brian Reynolds. So I don't know if you do that, considering you didn't do that at the trade deadline last year to make your team better. So, <laughs> you know, granted, you did trade for Benintendi, and he got hurt. Health is the biggest thing, I think, with this team. Everybody wants to be clouded and think that they need to do so much stuff. You need to go after Rodon. I, I, I think that's a... I think that's huge. You signed, you've re-signed Tommy Canely. So let's see what he is. Hopefully he can stay healthy because when he was a Yankee, he couldn't stay healthy. That's really the issue here. So, look, they have a lot to do. They, they got Judge. They did what they needed to do with Judge. That's all that mattered. Hal said, fuck you, Cashman, because Cashman was never going to do 360. They didn't want to go there. But Cat, or the nine years. But how was like, we need this guy for a multitude of reasons. You, first of all, you lose Judge, what do you have? You don't have anything. So, I mean, you had to do it, man. You had to do it. And they did it. And he's here. And now I don't have to sell my jersey. <sighs> yes. Yes. He stayed. Okay. I'm gonna get. Let's get into the Mets though. I already teased them a little bit. So they signed Verlander. Um, I I now flip to actually liking that deal. I do. I do like the deal because I mean you replaced Degrom with the AL the reigning AL Cy Young Award winner who is a Hall of Famer. So coming off a World Series, I get it. He's four. He's gonna be forty to start the year. I so you know that still lays in the back of my mind. But you got an owner that doesn't give a fuck. You got this generation's George Steinbrenner. That's what you got. And you know what? Just to veer off back to the Yankees a little bit, where are all you fuckers at now with the whole uh, um, if George was alive? Because guess what George would have did with Judge? Exactly what Hal did. Hal, Hal said, hold my beer to Cashman. He did. Because if it's not for Hal Steinbrenner, we don't have Judge. 
So I really just want that whole how I won't spend money narrative to fucking cease. We're top three in payroll every goddamn year. Clearly payroll doesn't fucking guarantee you a championship because guess who was number one last year? The Mets. And where were they knocked out? The fucking wild card. So please, just please. And the Yankees were third. So so can we please just stop? We need to spend the money better, period. That's how it that's what it is. And with the signing of Judge, everybody should shut the fuck up about Hal Steinbrenner not spending money. All right? Thank you. I had to get off that get that off my chest because I can't stand when everybody talks about because when Verlander signed to the Mets, everybody was like, oh, Hal wouldn't or George would have never let Verlander sign with the Mets. Motherfucker, shut up. You got Steve Cohen as the Mets owner now, and I'm that's where I'm going right now. Steve Cohen is going to do whatever it fucking takes, just like George did. He's this generation's George. And as a, as a Yankee fan, I kind of like seeing it because it's pushing the Yankees to do more shit. It, it clearly is. It, it's in the back of their minds. You can't say it's not. So, it's going to be fun baseball in New York for the foreseeable future. And I don't know what the problem is with that. And so, there really isn't a problem with that. I had an issue with the Verlander signing initially. Because, you know, after hearing DeGrom speak especially, like that dude, you know, clearly he didn't want to be a Met. So I ain't going to kill Cohen for making the deal with Verlander at all. Not at all. It fucking makes sense. And I was all over Twitter saying it made no sense. So I'm going to, I backtrack. I'll admit I'm wrong. Okay. It's a good deal. You get the AL, the reigning AL Cy Young Award winner to replace DeGrom, who barely made, he played, he, he made 26 starts. Oh, and another point I wanted to get into, though, like, uh, comparing, because Babs made the comparison with the judge deal and how long it's going to be and at the money it's going to be. $40 million is going to be a bargain when it's, when he's on the decline, because by that time, don't you think Otani is going to get 50? Just look at where the market's heading. Like, come on, man. Like, for real. And for, and for the life of me, I cannot understand why pitchers get more money than position players. Position players who play 150-plus games a year and starters who are lucky to get maybe 40. 32 is really where the, the number is at. So you're paying a dude $43 million a year to, to play 32 times. That's what you're doing. And I just don't understand that. I guess the injury risk is more because you play more. I understand that part of it, but they do more to help the team. They play every day. So why why, why this whole... And by the way, I would understand it if pitchers pitch to the ninth inning. They don't do that. You, you can't wait to pull the guy. Until, dude, the sixth inning comes and they're like, all right, bullpen, let's go. Doesn't matter who it is. Doesn't matter who it is now. This analytics bullshit is making that happen. So why are pitchers getting paid buku dollars, especially 40-year-olds? And then you got Rodon, who's 30, asking for a six-year deal at $30 million a year. That's, that's a bargain compared to what Verlander's making. Come on, man. And Scherzer. You know what I mean? So, like, that's all I wanted to say on that. Still think it's a good signing to get Verlander after I make that point. But I just think it's odd that position players don't, like, don't get more money. I think it's odd. That's weird to me. They do more to help the team. <laughs> they just do. 
I get you need great starting pitching, especially in the postseason. You do. But, like, you can't wait to pull the guy in the sixth inning. Like, I don't get it. I don't know. I don't know. To each his own. Baseball clearly has the money for it. So, hey, it's not my money. That's another point I wanted to make to you, Babs. At the end of the day, when you th- when I thought about it, because you did make valid points about the judge contract that I can't dispute. Plus, his postseason play has not been great. But I don't think that's all his fault. But, um, yeah, man. No, I mean, it's not my money. I'm not going to sit here and bitch and moan. You got Cohen who's spending buku dollars. I, I heard it this morning. DPH said, just in tax, you're, Cohen's going to pay $65 million just in the luxury tax. And for those of you who don't know what it is, First of all, the reason these teams can spend all this money is that baseball is the only sport without a salary cap. So they could spend however much they want. Now, there is a luxury tax. So for instance, um, if the team overall is paying over $250 million, that's the first line of luxury taxes. I'm not sure of the percentage and what the te- like what percentage of the tax is, but it's a certain percentage to every dollar you spend after you pass that number. So, and then the second threshold is $300 million. Now, I know, because I heard it the other day on the K-Show, every dollar you, you spend past $300 million, there's a 90% tax on that dollar. So, you're, if you spend $10 million, oh, say, so say, I think the Mets are way over the $300 million mark right now, but say it was like $310 million. They're spending $9 million just in tax. On top of losing, like, draft, um, I think it's money for international players or the international draft, you lose compensation for that, and you lose draft picks, I'm pretty sure, for going over that. So, yeah, there's no salary cap. You could spend however much you want, but there's penalties to going over the certain numbers. Well, $65 million just in taxes tells me Steve Cohen don't give a shit about none of that. Wow. But the signings are good. You need these guys. And he's doing whatever he's doing, you know, whatever it takes. You re-signed Edwin Diaz. That's great. You need him. He had one of the greatest seasons as closer could have last year. And look, everybody likes to compare closers to Mo. And how could you not? He's the greatest to ever do it. And that's not me just being biased as a Yankee fan. If you're a Met fan and you don't say Mo is the greatest closer ever, then I don't know what you're watching. If you're a fan of any other team. So, you know, you got to respect that. But comparing anybody to Mo is ridiculous. Now, Edwin Diaz's year last year is the closest thing you've seen to Mo in a long time. I'm willing to admit that. So, that's a great re-sign. Now, can you expect him to do that again? No. But you're confident when he leaves that bullpen. That's all that matters. So, that's a great re-sign. You re-signed Nimmo. I got into that. You got your center fielder now for the next six years. That's great. So y'all are in st- y'all still are in good shape. Now, when it comes to re-signing Pete Alonso, when you need to, and uh, a few other guys, like you're gonna have to get Pete Alonso is gonna have to get paid. He's one of the best players in the National League, if not in baseball. So you know you're gonna have to fork it up for him too if you want to keep him. So, and I, I have no doubt that Cohen will do it. So, look, man, 
The Mets are going to be contenders again. That National League East is brutal. I mean, just look what Philly's doing. Philly's just throwing money around. San Diego's throwing money around. It's crazy, man. I love seeing it, though. I love seeing teams like San Diego throw money around. Like, shit, that owner doesn't care. He's doing whatever it takes. He's going to have to make a lot of trades within the next five years. He's not going to be able to withstand that. Unless they make... Unless they go to the World Series and shit and win, there's going to be a lot of good teams in baseball. It's fun to watch. It's going to be really fun to watch. But yeah, man. MLB is... uh, The offseason is starting to heat up. It's fun to see. I really, really hope the Yankees get Rodon. Is it Rodon or Rodon? I never... I never... I don't know how to say it. Don't kill me for that. But if they get him, that changes things. It does. You can't tell me it doesn't. And then people just need to stay healthy. That's asking a lot with this team. I know it is. But they just need to stay healthy. People are underestimating the shift being outlawed too. No one's talking about it. And I think it's going to be a big deal. I really fucking do. For guys like Glaber, and for Gla- if they don't get rid of Glaber, which I think they should try to, let's see what they get for him. But for guys like him, for guys like DJ, it's going to be great. For guys like Rizzo, it's going to be great. It's it's going to make a huge, huge it's going to make a huge difference. There's going to be a pitch clock next year. No one's talking about that. Like these these rules are these rule changes. I think the rule changes are going to make a huge difference, especially for the, a team like the Yankees in that stadium. That's just my personal opinion. Now, it's going to change around baseball. Hitting is going to be a premium next year, I think. I think people are going to be hitting way more. Now, it's still going to be difficult to hit with that pitch clock because you got to get in there and get ready. But people haven't been talking about that, and I think it's going to be a big deal for players like a lot of guys, like especially if we re-sign Benintendi. If we re-sign Benintendi, that's huge. Contact hitter. Rizzo, who pulls all the time, they're not going to have five guys on the one side of the field. I think it's a big fucking deal, man. I, I love that they're outlawing the shift. I, I love it. I love it. So, look, man. I'm hyped for next season. I'm hyped for next season. Yankees still got a lot to do. Mets, I don't think, are done either. But we'll see what happens. Um... They, they're probably going to try to free up some type of money and get rid of some pieces. but Because McCann, do you really want McCann coming back as a catcher? I don't think so. They'll probably try to salvage that a little bit and have Alvarez just come up and be the full-time guy. We'll see. I mean, Escobar too. I mean, you're going to probably have Beatty play full-time third base, right? Don't you want those guys to play anyway? You want to see what you got? Um, And Escobar really didn't do anything until... I mean, he was probably the better, one of the better players on the postseason and later on in the year with his little burst at the end, but for the most part, he was not good. So you might want to get rid of him. We'll see. We'll see. There's still a lot left to do for both teams, and it's been fun to see. And the Yankees got Judge, and that's why I just spent 32 minutes on it because I am ecstatic about it. We're not getting to no basketball today. I'm not talking about the Knicks. They... They, they've won two straight now. Let's see what the fuck they can do. I'm not, I'm not, I'm, I'm so like low on them. I don't even want to talk about them. Um, especially now that I have to get into the football of it all because, um, you know, 
not that it was a depressing weekend. It was just, it was a little frustrating, disappointing, but I'm just going to get right into it. Giants tie against the Washington. And the only reason it's disappointing, well, it's really not the only reason, but it's disappointing because they should have won the game. You had some questionable play calling. I mean, the defense played so well that, that whole game, in my opinion, and then, you know, Taylor Heineke just comes out of nowhere with a fucking, like, 90-yard drive down the field to score and fucking tie the game. Ugh. And, dude, when they fucking scored that touchdown to tie, my first thought was, oh, boy, Riverboat Ron's going to go for two. We're screwed. Like, that's what I thought. I thought he was going for two. He ended up going for OT, and I was actually thankful for it because the momentum swing was just so to the point where I thought if the Giants were going to get the ball with a minute 48 left, there was no shot of driving down the field. Um, and uh, they ended up not driving down the field. So <laughs> they go into overtime, they tie. I mean, look, you know, end of the first half, you're up 10-7, and you're driving, and you just continue to run the ball. A lot of people were questioning that. I don't know if I hated it as much because they were moving the ball. But you just... I have noticed that with Dable a little bit. Like, late half timeout usage and things of that nature has been a little off to me. Because there there were times I was watching and I was like, use the timeout, use the timeout, use the timeout. Because... You were just letting time bleed off, and it just didn't make sense. I didn't hate running the ball because you were moving down the field, but, I mean, it was a little bit nonchalant, man. Like, you weren't as urgent as I thought you needed to be. And it seemed like you were just playing for three. And it showed because you did move the ball down the field, and with 15 seconds at the end of the half, you know, you were within the 20. You were beyond the 20-yard line. I mean, take a shot in the end zone. I mean, you got nothing to lose. You got Graham Gano, who's a very good kicker. You know, I'm not too worried about a chip shot field goal from 30 or however long it was. I don't remember how long exactly it was, but I had faith that Graham Gano was going to make that field goal. So can we take a shot to the end zone and try to get six? Ah, I feel like it ended up costing you. Now, John Feliciano with a fucking ridiculous taunting penalty and I can't stand the calls I don't think the call should have been made I think it's a little ridiculous like he's just going he's flex they said he's flexing at the, I don't care who he's flexing at and then there's the other side of that coin where like don't put yourself in that situation man like you just had a positive play you're driving down the field and then you know you do that and it just it's a it was a frustrating game you the Giants should have won that game the defense played well throughout five sacks. They got pressure on the quarterback. Thibodeau, I can't believe at the end of that game, Thibodeau sacked, sacked him on the one-yard line or the two-yard line. I can't believe Taylor Heineke held on to that ball. He smoked him. He smoked him. And Thibodeau played a great game. He looks great. He looks really, really, really good. He's going to be a key factor in this week against the Eagles. Now, we'll get into that game, but... Um, more on that Washington tie. They drive down the field, man, and they tie. And then you go to overtime, you get the ball. 
Now, it's a fourth. I uh, sorry, I shook the mic. Sorry, sorry. I know that's annoying, but um, you four, you you got fourth, and I think it was three or something. It wasn't a long fourth down, but it was a long fourth down. If you get what I'm saying, and you know, I think you're on your own forty-eight. You're right at midfield. You're not in your own territory. I mean, you're not in Washington territory yet. And it's overtime, and you decide to punt. Now, I guess you can argue it ended up being the right decision because Washington ended up punting to you, and you got the ball and all that stuff. But I don't know. For me, I think you go for it in that situation because... You're trying to play for the win and you need points and you just then you end up taking more time off the clock and I get you're giving it up on the on your own 48 but there's no guarantee cuz you ended up stopping them and going three and out with uh, with them on the next possession anyway they're not in field goal range I don't know I know it's I know it's a field position game I felt like you played for the tie and I don't love that I don't know. That game frustrated me a lot because you played well enough to win. I mean, just dumb mistakes ended up costing you. I mean, that 4th and 10 play by Heineke in the 4th quarter, man. When he's rolling right, you think you're going to get... You got the pressure to him. He's rolling right, or was it left? I don't remember what it was. He threw across his body to fucking Samuel and... It's a tough catch, an even tougher throw, and they just make the play on 4th and 10. Oh, my God, that made me sick. Ah, yeah, it was rough. I mean, at the end of the day, a tie is better than a loss. A tie is better than a loss. You you, you need Seattle to start losing. I mean, they got Cincinnati and Kansas City in their future, so if Seattle gets to 9 and you get to 9, you're good because that tie helps you because the Seattle be 9 and 8 and you'd be 9 7 and 1. You oh jeez, I hit the mic again, I'm sorry. You'd be 9 7 and 1 and that gets you in above them. So, look. I think it's a little ridiculous that Washington is now on the bye week and then they get you again at home. That game flexed by the way Sunday night. That's next week. I'm hyped for that game. That is the biggest game of the season for the Giants, no matter what happens against Philadelphia. Because now I'll start to get into that matchup a little bit. I don't love it. (laughs) A lot of things need to go right for the Giants this weekend if they have any shot against the Philadelphia Eagles. Because you're probably going up against the best offensive line in football. That's why I said Thibodeau is going to be probably, you know, the key factor to this game, the X factor in this game. Ojalari had a great game against Washington, too. But Washington can't fucking... Now, I say that, and Washington beat the Eagles. So, you know what? I go back to that. Like, that's where the, I think it is possible, and I think it'll it's possible that it can happen but again a lot of things need to go right for the giants you can't make the stupid mistakes you made against washington to tie um cuz and you got to you got to contain jalen hurts man and they got studs everywhere on the field it's it's going to be tough it's a tough matchup because i don't love the secondary matchup against um the eagles wide receivers i don't 
And, I mean, Thibodeau has the speed to contain Hurts, but Hurts is the next factor running the ball. So, and he can torch you passing or running. It doesn't matter. He's he's an MVP candidate right now. But, yeah, man, I don't know. I don't expect the Giants to win this game. I'm, you know, they're at home. We'll see what happens. If they win this game, there's no shot they don't make the playoffs. That's my opinion because I think they beat Washington the week after. I know I'm getting a little ahead of myself, but we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. I'm excited for this game. Don't get me wrong. You have that Washington beating the Eagles in the back of your mind, and you played Washington well. If you don't make mistakes against the Eagles, I think you can do it, but the matchup isn't great, so... Not expecting too much from the Giants this week against the Eagles. Uh, so, yeah, I'm expecting a loss. Let's just be honest. We'll see what happens. To the Jets. Jets lose, should have won. It was a very frustrating game to watch. Um, Minnesota is not the best 10-2 and team in the world. In fact, I think they're probably the worst 10-2 and team in the history of football. That's just my opinion. You got a plus 10 point differential and you're 10-2. and And that doesn't really show me much. That defense is mediocre at best. And Kirk Cousins is give or take. He wasn't great. And you held Jefferson to 45 yards. and at a, I mean, yeah, he got a touchdown, 10-yard touchdown. That's sauce, baby. That defense for the Jets is really good. But you should have won the game. You should have won the game. You're in the red zone six times. You only get a touchdown once. I mean, whoever had uh, Zerline <laughs> on their fantasy team was loving that day. But, I mean, you made, you know, Berrios dropping the ball in the end zone. The pick on the last drive. I get you're trying to force one in there. You got to score. It's fourth down. I understand. I don't, I don't, I don't put that one on Mike White. And he played relatively well. I thought, and Garrett Wilson's a fucking animal. Garrett Wilson's an animal. You just couldn't punch it in, man. And Bam Knight is another piece that you didn't know you had. But he's running the ball with a purpose. And that defense is really fucking good. And you're going into Buffalo this week. But more on that Minnesota game. You you were one for six in the red zone. That's just not gonna. You're not gonna win most games doing that. And you got down early. You don't want to do that either. But I think more positives came out of that game against Minnesota than negatives did. Because really, Mike White played well. Garrett Wilson went off. I mean, Bam Knight had 90 yards rushing. Michael Carter did get hurt. That's a problem. You don't know if he's going to play this week. Um, But the defense played really well. You're going into Buffalo now. And you already beat Buffalo with Zach Wilson at quarterback. So you're getting better quarterback play. Now it's in Buffalo, I understand. And Buffalo is probably circling this game considering what you did to them in the first game. I don't expect you to beat them. But um, I don't expect it to be a blowout. And I'm pretty sure the spread on the game is like 9.5, which I don't love. Like That's just complete disrespect towards the Jets... Uh, it's the team a team that beat Buffalo already. If I was pick if you know what? I'm not picking them as one of my picks this week. But nine and a half is a big number, and I don't love it. 
Like, if I was to pick that game, I would pick the Jets. I'm staying away from it, but um, nine and a half is a big number. I don't love that. But you should be eight and four. I mean, it's upsetting because you, you know, you you just have, you know, some plays here and there that if they went your way, you win that game. And again, you did beat Buffalo. And we'll see what Miami does this weekend. They play Baltimore? No, the Chargers. And they're home. Oh, no, they're at the Chargers. I don't know. I don't have too much to say about the Jets this week. This is a very it's a fairly quiet week. I, I think everybody realizes they should have won against the Vikings. And that the Vikings really aren't spectacular. And I think the Jets are actually the better team. Uh, you just couldn't punch it in the red zone. I guess you could call that a problem, but I think that's a rare thing. I don't think that's going to continue to happen. You got Buffalo this week with Novon Miller. You know what? That does change things. Novon Miller changes things. It does. And your run game's been... What What? What was the recipe to beat them in the first game? What Exactly what you did. So just go do it again. Do I think you're going to win the game? No, but you're covering the 9.5. There's no shot it's going to be a blowout. There's no shot it's going to be a blowout. You know what? I'm going to pick the Jets. I'm talking so highly on it. I'm going to pick them. Boom. That's my last pick this week. Boom. Jets. Can you make the pick, please? Thank you. Yes. Jets. All right. I know. It was a very baseball-centric show. I mean, we know what the Giants and Jets need to do. There's not too much going on there. So they just need to do what they need to do. Everything is right in front of both teams. And again, please, Giants fans, please just keep everything in perspective. I don't want you to, especially with this game coming up, don't get too high or too low. Get high if it's a good game. But, I I, I mean, if it's a blowout, the Philly's good, man. And I don't expect the Giants to win this game. I just don't. There's six and a half point underdogs at home. So, I don't know. We'll see, and we'll see what the Jets do in Buffalo. I'm sorry, I know that was kind of short analysis on the football, but I'll get into my picks. Um, I don't know. I was just super hyped about the baseball, man. That that shit just everything, just the roller coasters of emotions I went through this week when it came to that. Because, dude, when when the report came out that Aaron Judge signed with the Giants. Because thinking back to the conversation I had with Babs over Twitter, like, just, I thought about it and I was like, you know, he's not that wrong with the money that we're going to spend and the years. It's just crazy we could have got this done so much earlier at a way lower number and it would have been, wouldn't have been an issue, wouldn't have been a bad contract. I guess that's the frustrating part of it because the Yankees just botched this whole thing and Aaron Judge just completely fleeced them in the years portion of it. And, you know, Michael K did say there was other, there was way more teams too that offered contracts that just didn't have the nine years, but were at, were upwards of 44 million a year. So there were, there were more than just the Yankees and Giants and Padres in there for the long term. There was way more contracts that were offered that were just shorter on years, but way more annual average value or average annual value over the over the term of the contract like 44 a year he said so 
I mean, Judge really just, you can argue that Judge took less money because over the long term, it's crazy, man. Judge really got the Yankees on this one, bro. And you know what? For, good for him. I'm really, like, as a Yankee fan, it frustrated me watching how they handled this whole situation when the beginning of the season they released the contract details and uh, it was a seven-year, 213, 213 and a half million dollar deal and he said no they were trying to make him look out to be the bad guy and the story did come out that judge was not happy about them releasing the details of the contract and i don't blame him because he specifically asked them not to do it and it probably they probably sat there and said yeah we won't and they did anyway it's exactly what they did to jeter because jeter did the same thing you know what i mean it's crazy man I hated how Cashman fucking handled the whole situation. I get it. It's negotiation tactics. You want to make the guy look out to be the bad guy. But what was the goal of that? Did you want the guy to have a bad season or something? Because what he ended up doing was having one of the greatest seasons in the history of baseball. In the history of baseball. So, like the dude bet on himself and won. When do you see that happen? I'm going to hurt Babs' feelings right now. You know who did that recently? Michael Conforto. I don't remember. Michael Conforto. Sorry, I couldn't. I'm not not able to talk right now. My throat's dry as shit, okay? I'm sorry. Drink. Let me drink some water for a second. But Michael Conforto did the same exact thing Judge did. I don't remember the offer that the Mets gave him to re-sign, but he turned it down. And what happened? He shit the bed. He had one of the worst years anybody could have. And now he's not even on an MLB roster. And by the way, Babs, you're the one that said Conforto was going to be better than Judge. Uh, Shit on that. But anyway. (laughs) Anyway. Judge bet on himself and had one of the greatest seasons of all time. Which shows you he's not, you know, worried about the pressure of being a Yankee. (sighs) And the Yankees paid a $180 plus million stupid tax because they're stupid for letting it, letting him go to free agency. It was just stupid all the way around. But I'm overall, I'm happy he's a Yankee. Whatever. I'm not going to get into that. Whatever. 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 He's a Yankee. <laughs> I'm sorry. All right. Anyways, I'm just so happy he's back. I just really am. All right. I'm getting into my picks. A little bit of a shorter show today because I really just wanted to focus on... Um, on the free agency stuff because a lot happened with that and just the roller coasters of emotions that I had this week. It was just insane. And I know they're not done. There's going to be more roller coasters happening here. It's just crazy to see what's happening in the MLB and the, the, the amount of money that's being spent. It's fucking nuts. But all right, I'm getting into my picks. First pick, I don't understand this at all. Um, why Detroit is only a point and a half favorite against Minnesota against at home it just doesn't make sense to me Detroit has been balling they blew Jacksonville excuse me they blew out Jacksonville last week 40 to 14 Jared Goff I don't think is as bad as everybody says he is all right um so he's been playing his best football of his career that offense is serious the the Minnesota defense is not great and that proved itself against the Jets they just couldn't punch it in the red zone um which Detroit loves to do with Jamal Williams, who leads the league in touchdown, uh, uh, rushing touchdowns. 
So I am love. I love Detroit at home. Uh, given um, minus the point and a half, I think they beat Minnesota by at least a touchdown. That's an easy game for me. Easy game for me. And I just went through it. I just talked about it. And I wasn't going to pick it, but I talked myself into it. Nine and a half points in Buffalo for the Jets is disrespectful to me. I think it's just, I get Buffalo is at home and that home field advantage is serious because Bills Mafia are like fucking nuts and it's a bucket list thing for me. I whenever the Giants because you know how they do the scheduling, they play each division every four years if it's non-conference and I believe next year it's the AFC East for the for the Giants. So maybe I get I get some tickets to go to a game up in Buffalo. It's a, it's a bucket list uh, tailgate for me for sure. For sure, it really is, because those tailgates look insane. And there's not that much vitriol for Giant fans up there, you know what I mean? Like, we kind of have a mutual respect, I feel like. I mean, do we consider Buffalo a New York team? Not really, even though the Giants don't even play in New York. So that's what the argument from that side is going to be. Whatever, 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 whatever. But it's a bucket list thing for me. That's how good the home field advantage in Buffalo is. And... You got Josh Allen, who's been playing really well. I mean, you forced him make the mis- to make the mistakes, though. So just do it again. I don't think you win the game, New York, New York Jets. Sorry, Jets fans, but there's no shot that you're getting blown out by ten points. I don't think that's going to happen either. So I think that it, this is a close game. I think it's a competitive game, and I think you cover the nine and a half. And I'm picking that. So what do we got? I got Detroit minus the one and a half because I think they handily beat Minnesota. And I got the Jets covering the nine and a half. Miami at the Chargers. I think Tua is going to have a big bounce back game this week. I think the Chargers stink. I think their coach stinks, um, which which in turn makes them stink. And I think Miami has a bounce back game. They're three-point favorites on the road in uh, Los Angeles. And I think they blow them out. So... If you have two on your fantasy team, throw them in there. I think he has a bounce back game this week. San Francisco and Tampa at San Francisco. I get it. No Jimmy G. He's out for the rest of the season most likely. Uh, They just came out saying he doesn't need surgery on the foot, but it's still going to be at least seven to eight weeks if he comes back, which I don't think he will. But um, you got Brock Purdy in at quarterback, and apparently you know, the 49ers love this guy. So, and he came into that game early last week against Miami and played really, really, really good football. So, I mean, you're going up against Tampa, who, by the way, San Francisco's defense is elite. And they're going up against Tampa, who has one of the worst offensive lines in football. And Brady just has Brady magic somehow for two weeks in a row in the fourth quarter. I don't understand it, but it happened again. So, I don't think that's going to happen against the 49ers. So, I love the 49ers, given the three and a half points. They're three and a half point favorites at home, and I'm picking them to cover that. And my final pick of the week, and I love this pick. If I had any, like the K-Show does picks during their weekly stuff too, and they put point value, like point denominations to it. So, like they have a three-point play, a two-point play, and a one-point play. If I was picking a three-point play this week, It's Kansas City against Denver laying the nine points. They're nine-point favorites at Denver. Denver sucks. 
The offense can't score. Kansas City's offense can score. I think this is the only team that can torch Denver's defense because Denver's defense is good. Don't get me wrong, but Kansas City's going to figure it out and they're going to beat them by a lot. I love this game. So I'm going with Kansas City um, covering the nine points, being nine point favorites in Denver. So yeah, man, that's about it. Uh, went a little shorter today. Not normal, but I didn't get any Knicks conversation in because I'm waiting to see how they do on this little quote-unquote two, well, it's not, it is a two-game winning streak, but I'm going to say quote-unquote run. We'll see what happens. Give me five good games. Go four and one, and then you can get brought back up on the fucking podcast and have some time, but all right, people. I again, I, I, shout outs to everybody who listens. Thank y'all. I love um, the feedback that I get from you guys all the time. Um, seriously, just keep doing it for me. Spread the word. Please just tell your friends. Tell everybody about it. You can follow me on Twitter at winner ten twenty three w y n n e r. I'll be seeing a lot of stuff on Twitter, man, and I post a lot on Twitter, so. Shout me out. Let me know what you think about the show on Twitter. Thank you. I appreciate it. I'm out. Peace.